Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers with your host, Peggy Smedley. This is ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. We have a great show in store for you today. The topic of the day is fleet monitoring and management technology and how it relates to your construction equipment. We are seeing an uptick in fleet monitoring and management for a number of reasons. There's a greater need for operational efficiency and vehicle safety. At the same time, government regulations are increasing, driving the use of the technology upward. What is really interesting is the technology itself is evolving. Big data, the Internet of Things, artificial intelligence, and machine learning can provide key performance indicators as well as valuable data about fleet optimization. This can help construction companies select vehicles, manage maintenance, and better manage driver safety. With all this in mind, we want to help you understand how to get started with fleet management technology today and to help see some of the benefits companies are already experiencing. At the same time, it's important to consider what factors are most important when selecting the right equipment for the job. We will discuss all of it right here on this podcast, but no podcast is complete without key knowledgeable guests to help me sort through all of these complex topics. Our guests grew up in a small farming community, graduated from West Point, and served in the United States Army before working in the equipment space. Please welcome Michael Ross, Director of Product at Takeuchi Manufacturing. Michael, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. So, Michael, let's talk about Takeuchi's manufacturing history in the compact equipment business. It's got a long, impressive history, and so I'd love for you to help us understand it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Mr. Takeuchi started the company back in the early 60s. Uh, he started as a component supplier for some other construction equipment manufacturers in Japan. Uh, and then in 1971, he developed the concept for the world's first compact excavator. Uh, this was a very new machine to the uh, to the world, and uh, obviously something a lot smaller than what people had typically seen out there. The he, he decided to go a little bit different direction uh, with the marketing of it because Japanese the Japanese market was very much an excavator market. So he decided to take his concept outside the country. So he he kept manufacturing in Japan, uh, but then in 1979. Uh, he decided to uh, market it to the United States. So we uh, started here. Takeuchi uh, U.S. started in 1979, uh, brought the world's first compact excavator line uh, to the uh, North American market, and we've been in, uh, headquartered here in, uh, in the Atlanta area ever since. Later on, he um, developed the concept for the uh, world's first compact track loader, which we started developing in the mid-80s and uh, eventually introduced the machine to the United States market in 1991. So we, those are kind of our uh, two primary lines, track loaders and compact uh, excavators. Since then, we've added a couple different lines to, the, to the, what we offer. We offer a, a line of compact wheel loaders now as well as a, as a uh, couple different skid steer models. So let's talk about innovation for Takeuchi, because I think innovation plays a key role in your approach to new products 
and what you see now and what you see the innov- and the future for innovation? Yeah, we, we take you know our, our design of our machines very very seriously here. Uh, innovation for us really starts with customer feedback, and we spend a lot of time in the field with our customers and with our dealers, trying to determine what type of features that they'd like to see on our machines as we continually evolve these these products. Now with the mini excavators, uh, we are on our sixth generation of machines, so obviously from uh, the early 70s with we started it until now. Uh, you know, each each uh, uh, product line has has probably seen a life cycle of you know seven to ten years. And as we introduce machines, then we we will go out and and uh, work with our customers and you know find out what they really like about the equipment, find out what they don't like. What would you like to see on the the, the equipment when we uh, evolve this into the next generation, and that's that's been very very effective for us over the years because I think it's it's been able to keep us uh, really a generation or two ahead of our competitors. Talk a little bit about that because I think there's something that's very important when you when you look at fleet management telematic systems, or now that you're sixth generation, when we're looking at remote diagnostics, utilization tracking. Be- as as we look at technology right now, it's not just something that looks at excavators or track loaders. We have to have technology in those systems that make them very efficient at a job site. Yeah, that's that's very true. And and uh, when we first introduced the telematics into our machine, which we've we've had on all of our machines now since August of 2016, we were really the first. Uh, compact manufacturer to uh, install that standard on our equipment. Uh, this has allowed a lot of our fleet customers to really track where their machines are, how they're being utilized, uh, how they're being run and operated. And from a manufacturing standpoint, uh, the feedback we get on on, on errors and, and fault codes is, is just, it, it's amazing because it, we can take all of that data and, and then uh, put that into our next generation of machines. So we get real-time data on where the machines need to be improved, uh, what's working well on them. Uh, it really helps us uh, in our in our uh, design process. So when you talk about the design process, I think that's important because when you're looking at remote diagnostics, for example, I mean, it's allowing the equipment itself, people using it, reducing service trips by capturing run hours and equipment data, right? And we're also talking about utilization tracking just allows the operator to make real decisions. And that changes the game by saving time and parts and money and unnecessary maintenance. Talk about that in general, because I think when we're looking at all of this, I think sometimes when we look at equipment, we don't realize how significant the time and money that comes into play when you have real data and information about the equipment you're working with today. Yes, it, that's very true, and it, it, it's key information. As, as these bigger fleet customers go to set up their maintenance intervals for their machines, um, it really allows them to get everything planned out. So say a, say a, a contractor's got 50 pieces of equipment and he's running them on 10 different job sites. He can basically look and see, okay, this machine is very close to having its 500 hour service. So I need to rotate that back 
to my shop or send a service truck out there to get it serviced. And by hitting those intervals, uh, they're really extending the life of the machine, making their machines uh, more profitable, less costly on the job site, and really allowing them to see uh, utilization-wise uh, what machines are being used most effectively on a particular job. Are they maximizing that now to really understand that? Because when you look at that and you say on the job, are they taking that data and saying, this is the best data, so I get the most out of my machines now? Or are they still learning about what the data is that's coming off in that utilization? Because there's so much information about the life and the use of a machine that you can capture. And every day, you're getting more and more information. And I think that's what the your fleet management telematics is giving them. There's so much about the machine that I think a lot of construction companies are still learning. And the process every day is just that. It's a learning process. You're right. It is a learning process. How to utilize the data is key. Uh, We allow our customers really to determine the data points that they want to be notified about. So if it's uh, maintenance intervals, they can set up their own maintenance intervals and then receive an email when, say, the 500-hour services do. They can receive an email at 475 hours so they can plan ahead uh, making sure they've got the filters and the and the lubricants needed to service that machine, making sure they've got people there to do it, and and planning their their service department's uh, jobs. So that that really helps in in that respect. Uh, but there are a ton of different data points, and really for each customer, I think the answer is different, and that's why we allow them to customize and get notifications, um, you know, based on hours of use, based on uh, uh, runtime based based on how a machine is operating RPM wise, uh, fuel tracking. There's all different kinds of things that you can do uh, with these machines, and and for everyone, it, it's a little bit different answer. How does a customer know if they're tracking the right information and and not knowing if they should be tracking other things? Because there's so many data points that. How do they know if they're not missing something by not tracking something? You know, there's so much information coming at them. We say data for data's sake is wasted data, right? So how do you know that, wow, I should have really been tracking that and I could have been maximizing my profitability here, but they don't recognize that. Are there different points that you come out there and you say, really, let's look at how your operation is. Let's look at what you're doing at the job site to say, look, right now I start with this, but in time you need to really start tracking these other things that are happening at the job site that will give you more information to maximize all the things you're doing. Sure. Well, uh, we we really recommend you look at, at runtime hours. Uh, we look at uh, how uh, what RPMs engines are being run at, so you can tell right away if a piece of equipment is being idled on a job site or if it's actually out there pushing dirt or digging dirt and, and being worked. Uh, so that's very easily to do. They can download that data into a spreadsheet and really cre- create their own graphs when they when they look at that. Um, another big thing that, that's really been helpful is our GP, GPS capabilities on this where we can locate the machine. Uh, this has been very key for, for customers that uh, say a machine may have been, you know, stolen on a job site and and they can actually put a geo box 
around where this machine is operating. So if that machine leaves that geo box, the owner automatically gets a notification. So he knows that it moved and he wasn't aware that it should have moved. This has been key in, in us being able to recover several machines uh, out there already, and, and customers just love it. So it's interesting to look at this. How does telematics in general, because you just described something that's very important, help with the future product development and design that you just described? Well, just being able to track uh, failure codes is, is key. Uh, so say we're having an overheating issue on a particular machine. We can track that versus a thousand other machines in that same class and determine what type of failures we're having. And then we can go back from a design uh, standpoint, do the proper testing and make the improvements to the machines. So that's really been really been key to us uh, is just getting those failure codes. Customers can can really look at failure codes as well. Uh, they can look at okay, this machine is overheating. This has this machine has low oil pressure, and those are you know going to be codes that are a priority one for a, for an owner. So he can find out real quickly. Okay, do I have an operator out there that that's running this machine improperly, or has something happened to this machine to where I need to call him and tell him to shut it down? Uh, is he ignoring the the warning codes that are that are coming up in the cab of the machine while he's running it? That's happened numerous times, and and uh, you know a lot of times the bigger fleet owners, you know, you, you can't track what everyone out there on your crews are doing, and and occasionally you get someone that maybe doesn't understand how to properly run the machine, and it can create damage to the machine that you know that is a big cost uh, for that owner as he's trying to to make his business profitable and and uh, efficient. Do we have to worry now that we almost have too much information in the cab of our equipment now and at the same time that we're getting a flood of information? Are we going in the other direction? Well, there's there's certainly more bells and whistles on equipment these days than there ever has been. Uh, a lot of that has been driven by the uh, the engine uh, EPA uh, regulations. Uh, everyone has to be Tier 4 final on these machines. and, and a lot of different things now are being monitored on that engine uh, to make sure it is meeting those emission requirements. Uh, so that is just kind of part of the game. Those are kind of dictated by uh, really governments as they decide to adopt these regulations. Uh, the manufacturers now, we, we've got to comply with, with whatever is asked of us. But uh, I think it, it, the real key is to make sure that the operator understands what those error codes are going to be, uh, having an active display in front of you, much like a, uh, you know, a dash in your car and to see all the different things that are going on with your car or seeing what's going on with your machine as you're operating it. I mean, those are critical. I mean, you get an overheat code on your car when you're driving down the road, immediately you're going to take action on that. Most people, would. they're going to pull over, they're going to take it to a shop, they're going to find out what's going on because they don't want to overheat an engine and have to buy a $8,000, replacement engine. It's the same thing with, with equipment. But education of those operators is, is key. Uh, we, we put out several videos on key education points as they're operating the machine, uh, what all these different codes mean. We equip every machine with a with an operator's manual, uh, and then the telematics kind of ties into that because all of those error codes 
will come up on your phone. You can have an application installed. So you don't even have to be in the office to see what's going on with your fleet of machines that's out there working. You can track any one of them. And, you know, even just finding machines on a big job site, uh, you can pull right into a GPS map and say, okay, here's where it's located and, and uh, I'm over here. So uh, you can find something really quick when you need to. Are there key factors that contractors should consider when selecting the right equipment for a for a job? There are. Uh, you know, I, I think the the idea has always been to try to do the the most work with the smallest, most least costly piece of equipment that you can find. Uh, that that's kind of been uh, the mentality out there for a number of years, and I think that's really kind of why uh, compact equipment has really grown so much because it. it it is a much more maneuverable uh, machine that can do a lot of work in a small package. And so I think what, what it has driven over the years is a real movement to a lot of smaller pieces of equipment. And, and look at look at your typical uh, uh, residential subdivision these days. Most of the homes are getting bigger and bigger, but the lot lines are getting smaller and smaller. So being able to use those bigger pieces of equipment that they used to use years ago is just is just not even feasible. They've got to be able to maneuver maneuver between the homes. They're going to be putting up several homes side by side, eight or ten, you know, at a time in a subdivision, and getting back and forth between those without, you know, running into other things on the job site or creating traffic problems is, is a is a real plus for us. So it, it's driven a lot of good things for for our industry, I think. Now, we've seen this big kind of change in the rental becoming a big driver in compact equipment industry. Now, how does Takeuchi approach this sector? Because I think that's had to shift some things. I mean, we've talked about technology, but we're also seeing the shift in the rental side as well. It, it has. It truly has. Um, the last survey I saw out there was that uh, 50% of the people are, are contractors that purchase a piece of construction equipment will rent one first. So having a very active fleet, whether our dealers have a very active fleet or whether uh, machines are being sold to, to some of the bigger rental companies such as uh, Sunbelt and United Rentals and uh, Blue Line, Hurt, uh, there's just a number of them. Uh, a lot of people are exposed to machines for the first time through that, and manufacturers recognize this, and and certainly it's a place where you want to have your equipment. Also, uh, rental is probably the toughest uh, application out there because in any given month, your piece of equipment may be rented by eight or ten different operators, and they're going to all have different uh, ability levels, and and so. Um, just getting that exposure to them is, is, is key. And uh, the, the rental uh, industry also with the telematics, they have been a huge push towards getting all of their machines on some type of telematic system. And uh, that has really kind of driven us as a manufacturer, you know, really to become one of the first uh, companies out there to offer this telematics package standard on our equipment. Uh, so that, that I think, has really kind of been a driver for us. And, um, you know, rental is huge. It just becomes a bigger and bigger piece of the pie uh, year after year. Does it help then also with contractors to get a sense of what technology is doing because you put that telematics even on the rental equipment to really get a taste for what kind of data points and what kind of things to use with 
fleet management systems to really understand how they're advancing and changing as as what you're doing? Yeah, it does. It does. I, I mean, I think with a rental company, most of the data is going directly back to the rental company's operations center, and then they would be relaying that type of uh, information back to the person that, that rented the piece of equipment. Uh, so I think they can get a feel for how this data can be used and and how this can be a benefit to them as a as an operator, as an owner of equipment. You know, maybe they're renting now, but uh, they may you know eventually become uh, uh, an owner of the equipment, and they can kind of see the uh, the benefits that uh, that that will really help them down the line. So what do you see the future? When you look at all of this and you look at telematics, fleet management systems, how do you see it evolving in the next 12, 18 months? I know it's hard with technology changing so quickly, but what do you see it shaping up to be? Well, I think the the demand for this type of uh, uh, technology is just going to continue to grow. Uh, the more and more people that, that use it, the more... Uh, I guess the millennial generation, uh, you know, if I try to figure out what to do on my, on my iPhone, I ask my, my 12 year old son and he basically sets it up and fixes it for me. But that generation is growing up and they're very, very tech savvy and there is just a huge demand for this type of information. They want to know what's going on for that, with that piece of equipment. They want to know where they're having problems. They want to know areas where they can, you know, potentially utilize a piece of equipment uh, better than they are today. And and it really, I think, is going to be a huge partner as they drive their businesses is to be looking at companies or manufacturers that have a very uh, uh, usable telematics program uh, already set up on their machines. It just Once they get a flavor for it, uh, I think the demand is just going to continue uh more and more every year. Do you think the idea of getting the younger generation interested in understanding the technology and wanting to be able to, because we talk about that the fleet management market itself is going to be something over $291 billion. It was 2016, and we're saying the growth might be 7% higher by 2025. We're seeing these dramatic numbers. But we have to have an industry of young generation that wants to be a part of it. Are we going to be able to entice the younger generation to want to be able to be into the cabs of these technology? Because you even mentioned how it's so sophisticated and you have to know what to do. Are we going to get a generation to want to be able to get into construction and see the benefits of this? Are we doing enough to get them to see, wow, there's a lot of things you have to do, and yet there's a lot of interesting technology out there? Yeah, I I think it is going in the right direction, uh, and it's going to evolve on its own. Um, my my children play video games. Uh, they love the interactivity that they get with those games. Uh, when they go to look at things at stores, I mean that's probably the thing that catches their eye more than anything. But eventually, they're not going to be able to make a living playing video games, or at least very few people out there are able to do that. And they're going to kind of migrate towards places where uh, they're going to be able to interact with systems and and uh, technology that kind of mirrors what they're able to do, you know, even on a television screen. Or, uh, hey, I can apply this to a job site. I can uh, uh, use it to. Uh, uh, provide better productivity on a job site, better grading, better utilization of equipment, tracking where my equipment is. Uh, all this stuff kind of 
kind of bleeds together, I think. And it, it, I think it's just going to increase really without uh, a lot of people having to push it in one direction or another. Um, you look at mechanics, uh, so many old school mechanics, you know, they've had to up their game and understand what is these, what are these codes telling us? You know, I've got an error code on this. What does it mean? What are my, what does my troubleshooting tree look like on this? They've got to be able to use this technology really. And for the younger generation coming up, they kind of get it because they've been raised in it. You know, they, they see how, uh, easily it is to maneuver. So it's almost second nature for them. So I, I think that, that trend is definitely going to continue and, and there's just going to be more of a demand for more automation and, and, and more knowledge and, and more, uh, really control and, uh, understanding of what's going on with your equipment. Are there new products that you see in the future for Takeuchi that'll be coming forward? Uh, we do. We, we've got, uh, two new compact uh, wheel loaders that are going to be introduced first quarter. One is a, about 11,000 pound machine, runs a one yard bucket, uh, and then we're bringing a bigger machine, which is about 18,000 pound class machine, uh, with a two yard to two and a half yard bucket on there. So we're very excited about those two. Uh, additionally, we are introducing a 10,000 pound class, uh, excavator that should be available first quarter as well. That's going to be our TB250-2, uh, which is kind of a reintroduction of a machine that we used to sell oh, about eight or ten years ago. Uh, but that whole class has really become very, very popular in size, and, and we're very, very excited to, to have those three machines coming. Well, Michael Ross, Director of Product at Takeuchi, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Oh, absolutely. I really appreciate the opportunity and uh, you know, I appreciate what everyone in the industry does. It's an exciting time and and uh, it's just really fun to to watch where the whole thing is, has gone over the past 20 years. So thank I, you for the opportunity. I agree with you. I think we're seeing a lot of big trends emerging in this area and technology companies, I think, and equipment manufacturers are continuing to advance fleet management telematics and as you, as you as as you have described here today so it's a really exciting time yeah absolutely <laughs> so at the same time i think we're seeing the number of construction companies leveraging the technology as well and as more companies explore fleet management they'll need to kind of create strategies for how to best leverage the solutions. Hopefully, we've kind of provided all of you listeners with some solid tips for how to choose equipment and the best ways to implement fleet management solutions. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. That's all the time we have. So join us next time on ConExpo, ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. Stay up to date on the technology and trends impacting the construction industry by subscribing to our 365 e-newsletter. You can do that by visiting conexpoconag.com slash subscribe. Thank you for tuning in to Con